Good morning, and peace be with you. It is our great pleasure to welcome into the priesthood of believers Avery Taylor Yabuki this morning, and um, we'll get started with that right away uh, at the very beginning here. And um, I just wanted to point out some things that uh, in the bulletin um, that the opening hymn is one that is near and dear to my heart, but also to Grandma's. And she and I had an opportunity to talk out on the porch a couple of weeks back and um, about this blessed day. And um, she asked, have you ever heard the song Morning Cry. And I said, are you kidding? You bet. I love that. It, it, I don't know if I admitted it to you at the time, but I'll do it in front of everybody else. It makes me cry a little bit. It's that beautiful. And she told me uh, the same. So it is in our bulletin. And when we get the chance to sing that after the baptism, let us all together sing as unto the Lord uh, when, we, uh, when we get to do that. So uh, right now we're going to bring up the family. And uh, David and Ileana and Brian, you guys get to participate, so bring the little piece here up with you. And Grandma, Grandma everybody can come up here, and we'll, uh, we'll get her baptized, okay? Come on, guys. We'll have you come all around here. And then, David, would you be able to go back with the camera that way? And so, how you doing, Mama? Oh, better now. Oh, okay, good. So she's going to meet me the first, and I'm going get, to get her wet. So, okay. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, because um, you're all involved in this for the rest life. And today we're going to be commissioning a brand new baby minister. She that in her life, in her walk, in her words, she's going to be witnessing for the power and the love of Jesus Christ. And I'm to help her along the path. Does that sound like a fair deal? Will you help? Will you help congregation? Amen. All right, well, let's get started. So, in holy baptism, our gracious Heavenly Father liberates us from sin and death by joining us to the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are born children of a fallen humanity. And in the waters of baptism, we are reborn children of God and inheritors of eternal life. By water and the word, we are made members of the Christian church, which is the body of Christ. We live in him and he in us. We grow in faith, in love, and obedience to the will of God. And this is the part where the sponsors respond. Are you ready? Okay, together. By the command of God, 
you have presented this child for holy baptism. You should, therefore, faithfully bring her to the services of God's house and teach her the Lord's Prayer, the creeds, and the Ten Commandments. And as she grows in years, you should place in her hands the Holy Scriptures and provide for her instruction in the Christian faith. And in communion with eat a godly life until the day of Jesus Christ. Do you promise to fulfill these? Holy God, mighty Lord, gracious Father, we give you thanks for in the beginning your spirit moved over the waters and you created heaven and earth. And by the gift of water, you nourish and sustain us and all living things. By the waters of the flood, you condemn the wicked and save those whom you had chosen. That is Noah and his family. You led Israel by the pillar of cloud and the fire through the sea and out of slavery into freedom of the promised land. And in the waters of the Jordan, your son was baptized by John and anointed with the Spirit. And by the baptism of his own death and the resurrection, your beloved son has set us free from the bondage to sin and death. And he has opened the way to joy and freedom of everlasting life. He made water a sign of the kingdom and of cleansing and of rebirth. And in obedience to his command, you make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Pour out your Holy Spirit so that Avery, who is here to be baptized, may be given a new life. Cleanse the sins of this child by your water and your word and bring her forth to your glorious kingdom by the blood of Jesus Christ our Lord. To you be given praise and honor and worship through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord in the unity of the Holy Spirit now and forever. Amen. I ask you, to profess your faith in Christ Jesus, to reject sin, and to confess the faith of the church, the faith in which we baptize. Do you renounce all the forces of evil, the devil, and all his empty promises? Do you? Do all of you believe in God the Father? Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God?
Do you believe in God the Holy Spirit? Amen. Okay. We're getting close. There you go. There you go. We got the head. Okay, I got everything. You're smiling. If you only knew. You okay, Mama? All right, I know I kind of made your heart skip, didn't I? Yeah, I know. All right, baby girl. Hi. Okay, there it is. It's been a while since I got to do this. All right. Okay. You can stay close, too. Come on over. It's okay. Hello, Dolly. You're in good hands. Okay. Avery Taylor, I baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. You've been sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked by the cross. Amen. God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we have given you thanks for freeing your sons and daughters from the power of sin and from raising him up to a new life through the sacrament. Pour your Holy Spirit upon Avery, the spirit of wisdom and understanding the Spirit of the Lord. Avery, you are presented with this candle, and I think I'm going to have Grandpa light that. You are presented with this candle to remind you and all those gathered here of Jesus' command, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and pray to your Father in heaven. Through baptism, God has made Avery a member of the priesthood that we all share in Jesus Christ, that we may proclaim the praise of God and bear his creative and redeeming I get to see you again, I'm sure. Glad that you are here with us and you have made our day and you are a reminder of God's powerful love. And you are kind of interested in my face right now, aren't you? Yeah, this is great. Well, guys, let me introduce you to 
member of the priesthood of believers, Avery Taylor Yabuki. Welcome. Uh-oh. Okay, you're done. Yep. You're all done. All right. And maybe Mama can do that. And I'm going to do the handoff better. I got her head supported. There you go. Do you have her? Okay. How about a round of applause for that little keeper? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Thank you, Mom and Dad. I'm sorry? You may blow that out. And this is to remind you, um, each year she has like a, a second birthday. This is the day she was born new in Christ. And so you can take that out uh, on December the 9th and remember this day. And this, I'm going to give that certificate of baptism. And so welcome to the family, kiddo. <laughs> and thank you. Thank you for being faithful parents, grandparents, friends. You got a lot of fun in store. She lost her shoe. That was pastor did that. But God bless you and thank you. Amen. Okay, our opening is the morning cry. It's on page seven. So let's sing as unto the Lord.
Will you please stand if you're able? We come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Stir up our hearts, O Lord, to make ready the way of your only begotten Son, that by his coming we may be enabled to serve you with pure minds, through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. This is an audible. I'm not Ed. I'm shorter. <laughs> okay. Before I get started, all three lessons uh, that I read this morning, it's, it's, uh, it shouldn't be a surprise because God's word is eternal, but these were written, I don't know, 2,000, 2,800 years ago, something like that, and it's as if we're being spoken to today. So the first reading this morning is taken from the, prophet, the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 40, verses 1 through 11. And this can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1119. Isaiah chapter 40, beginning with the first verse. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling. In the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are like grass, and all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. You who bring good news to Zion, Go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power, and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him, and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd, he gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. The psalm this morning is Psalm 85. We will read it responsively, and it's printed in your bulletin on page 6. Psalm 85. You, Lord, showed favor to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. 
You forgave the iniquity of your people and covered all their sins. You set aside all your wrath and turned from your fierce anger. Restore us again, God our Savior, and put away your displeasure towards us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger through all generations? Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your unfailing love, Lord, and grant us your salvation. I will listen to what God the Lord says. He promises peace to his people, his faithful servants, but let them not turn to folly. Surely his salvation is near those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land. Love and faithfulness meet together. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs forth from the earth, and righteousness looks down from heaven. The Lord will indeed give what is good, and our land will yield its harvest. Righteousness goes before him and prepares the way for his steps. The epistle this morning is taken from Peter's second letter, and he's writing to um, people in Asia Minor. His first letter dealt with uh, being persecuted for faith, Christian faith, and the second letter deals with a warning to stay away from false teachers. This is uh, 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 through 14. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire, and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Holy Gospel according to St. Mark from the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel this morning comes from St. Mark chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. It is recorded, The beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah, the prophet. 
I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with the water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I uh, adapted this to include um, Mark chapter 1, verses 4 through 11. It goes beyond what you just heard. And then also uh, part of Paul's letter to the church in Rome from Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 11. It'll make sense, especially since we celebrate the rebirth of uh, Avery over there. So... A paradox. A paradox is a, a statement that seems to contradict itself, yet it may be true. And the Bible is full of paradoxes. The Son of God is Lord of all, and yet He comes to be our servant. We are by nature sinful, and we therefore lead sinful lives, yet... God declares us holy for Jesus' sake. We are born enemies of God, and yet God adopts us into his family. Today's gospel has a paradox in it. John expressed the paradox when Jesus came for baptism. So this is after what you just heard me read. And he said this, John, to Jesus, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? And as we read, John baptized with water for repentance. And the first step of repentance is the acknowledgement of sin. But Jesus is the only one, the only human being, who led a sinless life, a life without sin. In fact, John knew that he himself was a sinner who needed to repent. And John was very bewildered by the idea that he, a sinner, would pour the waters of repentance 
over the head of the only person who knew no sin. It didn't make any sense. It was a paradox. The Apostle Paul explains the paradox with another paradox in 2 Corinthians verses 5 or verse 5:21 chapter 5 verse 21 It'll, I'll get it there eventually For our sake Paul writes he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God And even though Jesus never sinned God made him to be sin. And you should ask, well, how can this be? We struggle with the paradoxes of the Bible because of the limitations of, of our broken humanity. Our, our flesh, our intellect gets into the, in the way. When God came to the end of the sixth day of creation, Genesis 1 verse 31 he saw everything that he had made and behold it was very good not just okay not just good but very good this included Adam and Eve and the human beings that he had created sadly that goodness only lasted a short while for we know that Adam and Eve sinned and broke the universe they were no longer very good. They were corrupted. And they passed that corruption on to their children. The universe and mankind have been corrupted since that very day. And that corruption limits our ability to think, our ability to imagine. The epistle reading that we recently heard illustrates the limits of that corruption by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul had just made an elegant case that salvation is entirely God's work and that we can contribute nothing to our salvation. And that he taught that God's grace increases to cover all of our sins. And that our sinful corruption immediately demonstrates its limits by asking, should we not sin all the more so that God's grace can continue to increase? And Paul says, certainly not. So this question can take many forms. If God forgives all my sins, one could say, I can sin as much as I want to, right? Or, why should people be good if everything is forgiven? And these questions assume something that our limited and our corrupted thinking does not notice. They assume that humans believe there is a benefit to sin. That somehow sin is a desirable thing. And these questions assume that mankind is by nature sinful and unclean. These questions also assume that the only way to get people to behave is by force or reward for good behavior and punishment for bad behavior. It is our corrupt, sin-filled nature that is unable to see a reason 
for good works other than reward and punishment. Now by the power of the Holy Spirit, Paul anticipated this kind of thinking in this letter to Rome, and he he wrote, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Well, because Jesus Christ has earned our salvation with his suffering and his death, and well, because that salvation has been delivered to us by the Holy the Holy Spirit through, through baptism, through the water, combined with the Word. And that made us dead to sin. We are free from sin. That is, that sin is no longer our master. That Jesus Christ was redeemed, has redeemed our corrupted thinking so that we can now understand that there is no benefit to sin. Christ's salvation has has freed us from the desire to sin. Now we have a desire to do good instead. That is the reason that we are so frustrated when sin still shows up in our lives. And Paul takes us back to today's gospel. Through baptism, we are joined to Christ. That is that his life is in us. His life is in baby Avery. His spirit is in her. His death is for us. His resurrection is for us. Jesus came to John to be baptized for us. There are uh, several words in the original Greek that can be translated as forgiveness. One of those words contains the idea of lifting something up and, and carrying it away and then putting it down. And when Jesus was conceived in the womb of the Virgin Mary, the Father lifted the crushing burden of sin away from you. And he laid it on him who knew no sin. The great gospel writer of the Old Testament, the great gospel writer of the Old Testament, Isaiah, said it this way in Isaiah 53, 4 and 6, or through 6. He said, surely he was born or has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgression. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement and that brought us peace. And with his wounds, with his wounds, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And so the paradox of Christ's baptism is solved. You see, he came to the Jordan as the greatest sinner of all. Not because he had ever sinned, but because he carried the sins of the world. And the Father made him 
to be sin who knew no sin. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. In his baptism, Jesus stands with us in our baptism. The Holy Spirit joins us together. Repentance recognizes the terror of sin. And although Jesus never sinned, he did carry away the sin of the world. And even though the sin was not his, he still endured the terror of the punishment for that sin. He carried your sin and my sin all the way to the cross. And there he faced its terror as he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he hung there between you and the almighty wrath of God's justice. And he took the blows of your sin into himself. And he satisfied the perfect and eternal justice of God for you and for Avery. The Holy Spirit inspired the Apostle Paul to write, you know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Jesus has carried your old sinful nature kicking and screaming to the cross. Jesus carried that old sinful nature to death. And he left it there where he rose from the dead. And you and I and Avery and all who are baptized believers, we are no longer slaves to that sin. God responded to the baptism of Jesus with a great epiphany. For a brief moment, all three persons of the triune God revealed themselves as the team that they are. God the Son stepped up out of the water. God the Holy Spirit descended in visible form, described like a dove. And God the Father spoke from heaven. He said, This is my beloved Son, my beloved daughter, with whom I am well pleased. I say that because in your baptism, I believe that God is saying to that person receiving the Holy Spirit, You are my daughter this day. With you I am well pleased. We see this in baptism. We see the unity of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit in making salvation a reality. The baptism of Jesus in the Jordan publicly demonstrates that Jesus identifies with sinners. He has come to take the people's place. He has already carried the sin of the world from his conception, but his work well, his work was private. But with his baptism in the Jordan, his work of salvation is public. And the epiphany of the Father 
and the Spirit proclaim his mission to the world. That is this. Jesus is the innocent sin-bearer who will take away your sins. And according to the early church, the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan is the official beginning of Jesus' public ministry. And during the process that the early church used to replace Judas, Peter said in Acts 1, 21 and 22, one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us, one of these men must become with us a witness to his resurrection. The baptism of Jesus in the, in the Jordan points us forward to all the work that Jesus did for us. His perfect life, his suffering, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, and the work that he still does among us as our risen and ascended Lord. It points it points us toward our own baptism as a means for the Holy Spirit to deliver Christ's salvation to us. And in solidarity, Jesus is in the water. Jesus in the water is one of us. He, he begins healing. He heals the corruption that limits us. He begins healing the corruption that hides the truth from us. And he shows us that he is the sinner's friend. That he is the sinner's savior. He makes you his own. That you may live with him forever. In the name of Jesus, amen.
Will you please stand if you're able? Let us pray for the whole church of God in Jesus Christ and for all people according to their needs. Restore us, O God. Let your face shine that we may be saved. As you led Joseph like a flock, so now by your Son lead us into straight paths. Bring us out of the bondage of our sins and plant us securely in your eternal promises. Lord, in your mercy, gracious God, you sent John the Baptist to herald the coming Messiah and proclaim a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. In these latter days, you send pastors to proclaim the same repentance for the forgiveness of sins and through them lead your people to trust in your salvation. Look with kindness upon all pastors that they may be diligent and faithful heralds of your beloved Son. Lord, in your mercy, God of all comfort, your word alone endures forever. The nations of the world come and go before you. Even kings and rulers are like grass before your breath. Preserve us from placing our trust in princes and mortal men. Give us rulers who will rule after your good goodness and your good pleasure, keeping order and protecting life that we may live peaceably in godly quietness and honesty. Lord, in your mercy, give ear, O shepherd of Israel, to our prayers especially those who are hurting right now and suffering from maladies of all kinds. We lift up these people in our hearts and in our, our prayers and with our words right now. Give healing, courage, and perseverance to all who cry to you, that they may find comfort in your enduring word and the certain hope of the resurrection to eternal life with Christ. Lord, in your mercy. Father, we know that you are not slow in keeping your promises. And we thank you for your patience. Do not take your spirit from us when we stray from your commandments, but convict us of our sin and draw us back to you in repentance. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, you invite us again to your table to receive the medicine of immortality in the body and blood of Christ, your Son. May we receive this sacrament rightly, that with faith strengthened and sins forgiven, our lives may be lived in holiness and godliness. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, as we in the church on earth wait for the coming of your Son, we remember all the saints who have gone before us and now rest in your presence. 
Keep us safe in your arms until you gather your people together in the new heavens and the new earth in which righteousness dwells. Lord, in your mercy, and all these things, and whatever else that you know that we need, grant us, Father, for the sake of him who died and rose again and now lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now may the peace of the Lord be with you all. Let us share the peace. Will you pray with me? The Lord, whoops, <laughs> that ain't a prayer. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right in salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and ever-living God. You comforted your people with the promise of the Redeemer through whom you will also make all things new in the day when he comes again to judge the world in righteousness. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy. night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he, he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples, saying, take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray the prayer, the perfect prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. The Lutheran Church has two holy sacraments that are mandated by Jesus the Christ. One is a holy baptism that we got to witness this morning wonderfully. And the other is the holy sacrament of the altar, the, the feast of the Lamb, the wedding of the Lamb. And he, he comes to us. He meets us where we're at. In many churches, there's a rail here. We stand and we have an opportunity to taste Jesus, to taste forgiveness. We believe that Jesus is in, on, above, and below, side by side, these elements. We believe that these elements in your faith, combined with the Word and the Holy Spirit, work salvation, forgiveness of sins. It rescues you from sin, death, and the devil. If that is your confession, then come. The table is prepared, and our, our, uh, our usher will bring you forward.
And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you.